0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study in the 11th chapter of the book of Mark, verses 12 through 18. After all of the anticipation and the fear the disciples were experiencing because Jesus told them he would die in Jerusalem, and then there was the triumphal entry into Jerusalem that we looked at last week, things were pretty calm. Jesus entered the temple, looked around, and left back for Bethany. Maybe the disciples sighed a huge sigh of relief, thinking perhaps things wouldn't go so badly after all. Well, the next day they came back to Jerusalem, entered the temple again, and Jesus probably horrified the disciples with what he did next. Pastor Jim will take it from here. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Jesus's Spring Cleaning. Come with me this morning back to Mark chapter 11. You've uh, seen it in the way we've been studying Mark, and you know that as I preach through the Gospels, I always strive to help you see the big picture. I want you to understand how the Gospels fit together to portray the life of Christ, if you will, in quadraphonic surround sound. Our text for today is a good example of why we need to do that. Now, we could very well take the first three verses from our text for this morning, skip over the next four, and then take seven more verses, and we could put together a study of Jesus cursing a fig tree and then teaching a lesson on faith. And it wouldn't be a bad thing because Jesus did curse that tree and he did teach that lesson. But there's something in these verses that links that to things around it. It's not a profound in-your-face sort of a notation, but you notice that in verse 12, or we're going to see in, in verse 12, it says, On that day when they had left Bethany, and then in verse 20, As they were passing by in the morning, so there's actually a couple of different days involved here. And it, it wouldn't be hard to skip over those words on the next day and in the morning, but if you do that, you'll miss important connections. You need always, as you approach a passage, to ask the right questions to make sure that you're interpreting it in its context. Now, in this case, we should ask, next day, after what? What day is significant here? In the morning of what day did they pass by? Who are they? It just says they. We don't have the antecedent in our text. Where were they going and why? And in case you've been listening to both Mark and, uh, and Matthew, and you can toss in Luke at this at this point, why are Mark and Matthew different at this point in this time in the life of Jesus? And... Ultimately, how is clearing the temple connected to cursing a fig tree? There's a lot more here than just might meet the eye. Now, let's deal with some of those. What day? Well, the day was Monday. Now, some people on their way to heaven believe it was Tuesday. It doesn't matter which day uh, this is the big deal. That isn't what is important. What is very significant is which day it followed, it was the Monday following the Sunday, or the Tuesday following the Monday, if you take the other view, of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is the final week of the life of Jesus, and everything He did and said is magnified, if you will. It's vital to His finished work in redemptive history. Remember, He'd gone into the temple the previous evening... There was the big entry, and then He had quietly gone into the temple that evening, and it says, and, and He looked around, and He left. Remember how I labeled that point of the sermon? I loved it. Shrouded portent. Jesus didn't go into the temple to try to figure out where to go the next day. He wasn't looking for directions. He was casing the place for what He was going to do there the next day. So who is this they that came along? Well, it's Jesus and the twelve apostles. Now, that's significant because only they were involved in cursing the fig tree and in the lesson. So there was something significant for the twelve that included but went beyond what everyone was supposed to learn from Jesus clearing out The outer court of the temple. Now, where are they going? Well, that's kind of easy. They're going back to Jerusalem. Jesus entered the city that day before with that incredible outpouring of praise and recognition for who he was, probably way beyond the understanding of most of the people who shouted the praises. Where is he coming from on this day? Well, he's coming, (laughs) excuse me, he's coming from Bethany. That's a little village about two miles outside of. Jerusalem to the east, on the other side of the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem. So, a half-hour, 40-minute walk from Bethany into Jerusalem. Why were they coming by there? Well, during this week, Jesus spent the nights with the twelve in the home of His friends, their friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, whom He'd raised from the dead a few weeks before. He spent each day in Jerusalem, then He returned to Bethany. So they passed by the same place morning and evening for several days in a row. Now, interesting question. Why are Mark and Matthew different at this point? If you read Mark 11 and you read Matthew 21, you're going to read pretty much the same stuff, but it isn't in the same order. Well, the issue is that Matthew arranged his material according to subject, not always according to the actual chronology of event, of events. There are actually some places in Matthew that Matthew includes events that happen months separated from what goes before and after it. And this is a case where Matthew organized it differently. In Matthew, the fig tree and the lesson from the fig tree come together. In Mark, it's two parts. So, we're going to see it as Mark takes it. Now, you're also going to see, very obviously, that clearing the temple and cursing the fig tree are connected. Mark even says, he cursed the fig tree, he cleared the temple, did some other things, came back the next day, and taught based upon the withered fig tree. So, you're going to see it as the passage unfolds. It's very significant how these are connected. And this passage is here for several important reasons, and it's going to take us today and next Lord's Day to put it all together. How is the fig tree connected to the temple, and why is it important for you? You're going to see that the number one point here is that God was showing that He was cursing Israel. They were to be under a curse for their apostasy that, was led, uh, that, that they were led into by their spiritual leaders. So Jesus cursed the temple, which is at the core of everything that Israel was. He cursed the fig tree as a symbol of what He was going to do in the temple, which was a symbol of what, he was, uh, what was going to happen when A.D. 70 would come around and the temple would be destroyed. Just like that fig tree was instantly killed. Now, it's going to take us two weeks to, to put it together. So here's where we're going to go today Mark chapter 11, verses 11 through 18. Number one, we'll come back to this. That's because that's the first part about the fig tree. We will come back to it, Lord willing, next Lord's day. And then, secondly, disinfecting the robber's den. Let's look at the first part of it, Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. On the next day, the day after the triumphal entry, when they, Jesus and the apostles, had left Bethany, He became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, He went to see if perhaps He would find anything on it. And when He came to it, He found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And His disciples were listening. So they're walking along, it's the morning, Jesus became hungry. That's not a big deal, and unless you want to use this passage to fill out your list of the evidences for the full humanity of Jesus, He was normal human. And he got hungry, needed to eat, needed to sleep, needed to drink, all of those things. Hunger on the part of Jesus is why this one lone fig tree attracted his attention. It was one tree that just happened to be by the road. It wasn't part of an orchard. It was just this one tree out there, and from seeing it from a distance, it had leaves on it. Now, interesting thing about fig trees, they don't produce for the first several years. Uh, it might have been that this was a tree that wasn't very old. Maybe it had not yet in its annual cycle even begun to produce fruit. But fig trees, when they do produce, they sprout the fruit and the leaf at the same time. So when you see a fig tree with leaves on it, it should be a fig tree with figs on it. Now, the young figs, I understand, I've, I've never, you know, had a ministry to young figs, so I don't know, but I'm told you can eat them. They they taste like figs, but the actual ripening, they, they would come on in the spring, the actual ripened figs would be harvest in August, September. This would have been spring, so it would have been much earlier. So you would come and you would normally expect it to have figs if it has leaves. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.